Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leo put that song up on our Instagram. Instagram is Reels, and Reels is Instagram, right? That's sort of their version of TikTok. So you can go up there and uh, you can go over to Reels or Instagram and check it out. Uh, but she did. She put up a great picture and uh, our brand new song that we're debuting tonight. Right? Brand new. Well, it was done in 2015, but it's brand new this year. Stockings are hung yes. by the fire with care. Sitting on the couch in my underwear. Tune the radio to 640 KFI. Ding dong! That's when I hear a familiar voice. Another reason all men can rejoice. It's peace on earth, goodwill, and I'll tell you why. Come on with this three. It's a Conway Christmas. Open them up. Everybody just sing along. It's a Conway Christmas. We'll have it ready for you. And all you got to do is sing ding dong. It's a Conway Christmas. I like the food. I like those prices. It's tonight from 6 to 10. Hit the podcast, play it again. It's a Conway Christmas. Hey now! I passed out uncle in a Christmas tree. I never understood that mentality. Burbank's the best and so seal beach. Gonna sterilize with Purell and bleach. <laughs> Can't wait to sleep tonight in my REM bed. <laughs> it's a Conway Christmas. Everybody just sing along. It's a Conway Christmas. And all you gotta do is sing ding dong. It's a Conway Christmas. It's tonight from 6 to 10. Hit the podcast, play it again. It's a Conway Christmas. So don't you worry. Timmy's gonna make everything all right. It don't matter. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Embers of the fire are burning low. I reach to turn off the radio. I slide into bed and snuggle with my wife. Wow. My wife. Hear a noise, open up my eyes. Text alert from KFI. There's a high speed chase on the 110 and 105. Oh! It's a Conway Christmas. That's my sexy call. Everybody just sing. It's a Conway Christmas. Oh! And all you gotta do is sing Ding Dong. It's a Conway Christmas. It's tonight from 6 to 10. Hit the podcast, play it again. It's a Conway Christmas. All right, Ding Dong. Now, look, I am very aware that playing a song over and over with your own name in it is kind of yuck. I get that. I know there are people out there listening right now going, F that guy. And they're using the whole F word. And I am on board with that. If I heard like Gary and Shannon doing a song about Gary and Shannon, I'd be like, what? Why would they do that? So I get it. 
But you got to play the hits. You know what the hell? Got to uh, you know, I got four hours to fill. Come on! What else am I gonna do? Sit around and uh, tell uh, knock knock jokes. You know, I, I tried to. Speaking of that, I tried to. <laughs> I, I tried to uh, figure out the origin of the "Why did the chicken cross the road?" jokes, and I couldn't. I couldn't find enough to satisfy me where that started and where that came from. The you know why the chicken cross the road, and uh, the original joke was, you know, why the chicken cross the road to get to the other side, right? And I thought, okay. That's either the funniest joke in the world or it's the dumbest joke in the world. And I don't think there's any tweeners there. And I think it's, I'm leaning towards it's the funniest joke in the world because. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'll tell you why. Because you have to have big balls to present that as a joke (laughs) to people. Why did chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. And they just want to strangle you. But the fact that it's not funny is the joke. That's the funny part. It's like uh, it's like dad jokes. They're right. so bad, but, you know, you put that energy into it coming from a dad, right. you got to kind of laugh. Yeah, like Neil Savager is the king of those. Oh, my God. When he opens his show. Oh, so you know, great. Uh, why did, why did, why did the uh, vegetable stop? It ran out of, like, a spare of gas. You know, one of those things. And like, oh, boom. But those are those uh, Neil Savedra, the king of the dad style jokes. And you can listen to him every single Saturday from 2 to 5 p.m. right here on KFI AM 640. All right, let's get in some other news here. The uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is he with us? Oh, I didn't know. I, I didn't know he was on hold. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a friend of mine and a friend of the station, a guy who's uh, a kick ass here at the station. Mo Kelly is with us. Mo, I didn't realize you were on hold. I couldn't see it. I didn't know you were on Comrex, bub. Yeah, yeah. I was just hanging hey! out, and I, and I have an announcement to make. Oh, you do? I do. I am 99% not <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> just That's that great. I'm doubting that. Have you done the 23andMe, Mo? <laughs> By the way, have you done the 23andMe, Mo? No, I have not, but I plan to in the next year. I actually am curious because I am know, my family is... All over the place, literally. So, yeah, I'm curious to find out. Yeah, I, I, I am, I am too. My wife did uh, hers. I wanted to wait to till uh, two of my uncles died because I didn't want to implicate either one of them uh, in you know past crap that they've done in their lives. So they both have passed away, and I think I can do it now. You know, because I didn't want. Uh, it's a complicated story, but. Uh, you know, with the DNA out there, and uh, my uncle's had a pretty uh, shady life, <laughs> and so now that they're gone, I think I can do it. But it would, I would be interested to see. You know, uh, my wife's very into that, into the you know the family tree and stuff like that. Do you get deep into that, Mo? Actually, my sister does. My older sister, she's been doing Ancestry.com for the past three or four years, and found a lot of the official documents. For my family, marriage certificates, death certificates, causes of death. It was really interesting. And you find that the family lore, the oral tradition, which has been passed down, hmm, a lot of times it isn't true. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And some people are, are wildly depressed when they find out. 
Yeah, because if it either confirms or denies yeah. a lot of feelings you might have had a, about a, a relative. Like, for example, my father's father, we knew that he died, but we were told that he died because of uh, like moonshine poisoning, which may have been part of the story. But the truth is, according to the cause of death, he died of syphilis. Oh, so, really? Yeah. I mean, wow. you just learn stuff about your family. It, it's not necessarily more positive, more negative, but it just puts a different spin on the story. We don't have great records. My grandmother came over from Romania on the Ile de France. She was one of 11 kids. And uh, when she was 18, my grand great-grandfather had enough money to put her on the Ile de France and bring her over to America. And she never went back home and never saw any of her family members again. <laughs> that was during uh, you know World War One and World War II. But, um, and then my grandfather on my dad's side was an orphan and, and, and lived in and out of, you know, 10, 15 different orphanages until he was 18. And then they let him go because, um, you know, he had, and, and this is old school orphan uh, time where, mm -hmm. you know, two or three times a week, a, a couple would come in and you'd line up and they'd, they'd pick what kid they wanted. And my grandfather got passed over for 18 years, mm. two or three times a week, 18 years. Of standing there saying, nope, 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 nope. Can you imagine the depression nowadays if you had to sit through something like that? No. No, I couldn't. It was wild. All right, can you stay with us? Sure. Okay, Mo Kelly is with us, ladies and gentlemen. This is great. All right, we're live on KFI AM640. It's Conway's show. Mo Kelly joins us. He's got his own show on the weekend. And um, man, oh, man, um, how long have you been on weekends now? Is it, uh, you know, I, I remember you doing your anniversary show uh, every single year, and then COVID killed that. But I remember before COVID struck, weren't you up to your eighth or ninth year? Yeah, my first show on KFI was April 9th, 2012. Wow. So oh, about so, 10 and a half years. Wow. So you're coming up on 11th year then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes wow. and no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say more like yes and yes. You yeah, know? Yeah. Coming yeah. up on 11 years. But, you know, I think the movie was the natural yeah, uh, with um, um, Robert Redford. Okay, and it was about this baseball player who was like the the leader in home runs in the minor league. Right. <laughs> Go with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's six to eight though on on Saturday, and seven to ten on Sunday, and seven to ten on Sunday. Uh, that is uh, wild. Um, but all right. So the holidays for you are, are what you're going anywhere. You're, you're going on a, like a, 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 a four week cruise with your wife and your kids, the whole run. Yeah, I sure wish, but I will be on the air December 21st through January 1st. Every day. Every day. Wow. Every man. day. You know, it's the holidays. It's all what right. I do every single year. You know, it's, right. it's almost, it's tradition. I get that. But you'll at least be able to, you know, because, uh, Christmas falls on a Sunday, we're going to be treated to not only NBA games, but NFL games as well. It's going to be awesome. I'll take your word for it. I'll be on the air from 6 to, no, 7 to 10 that night. 7 to 10 that night. Yeah. All right. Uh, on on uh, Christmas night. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> What's Christmas Eve for you? You're not working on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I'm working Christmas Eve. What time? 6 to, six to 8 p.m. That's Saturday. Oh, okay. All right. Man, oh, man. We got uh, I got to get you a better agent. <laughs> who knows what the new year will bring you that's know, we'll right see. that's right you never know maybe next christmas uh you know you're only working uh one hour on christmas eve that's possible yeah uh, fingers crossed yeah ding dong who do you uh what, what are your sports teams are you dodgers lakers kings and and um uh rams yes i have to always tell people this i am a rams fan not a chargers fan i'm a lakers fan not a clippers fan sorry michael crozier <laughs> 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 uh, um when uh 
Kings fans, not a Ducks fan. And, you know, I'm, I'm part of the heritage franchises. And, and of Many course, people call uh, that a homer, Mo. <laughs> but I'm born and raised here. It's okay for me to be a Laker fan. You were not born and raised in Dallas. That's great. <laughs> I don't yeah, but it, I'm a Dallas fan because of where I grew up in D.C. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I don't even think Crozier's even been to Dallas. Have you ever been to Dallas? Once or twice. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> but there are, like, a friend of mine who's a big 49ers fan. And, you know, he's an obnoxious fan. Every time they win, he, you know, he sends me, you know, uh, texts. And, so he's a 49ers oh, fan. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I said, buddy, when's the last time you actually w- went to San Francisco? He goes, oh, he goes, hey, you know, don't bust my balls and give me that uh, that line of questioning. I said, no, seriously, when's the last time you're there? He goes, I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> he's never been to, to, to San Francisco, and he's the biggest San Francisco fan in the world. Never stepped foot in the city. I don't get that. No, that's a bandwagon fan. Yeah, I don't really get that. But you know what else I don't like, uh, Mo, is the people, like my mom was a huge Rams, Lakers, Kings fan, and Dodgers, uh, you know, growing up um, in, in Detroit. But she moved out here in the late 50s, early 60s. I mean, she was here when the Dodgers came out, uh, you know, the, the Rams, a couple of years after the Rams arrived. And so she became huge fans, uh, a huge fan of all these teams. Then she moved to Colorado, and she called me about eight seconds after she'd landed in Colorado and, and moved there and said, man, can you believe there's John Elway and these Broncos? I'm like, Mom, you've been there for nine seconds. Why don't you, why don't you just pause for a second before you jump on it? But people who move to another town and become the fans of that team, I think there's something wrong with them. I think there's some yuck going on there. It's weird. In my family, my family moved out here from Washington, D.C., but they weren't, my mother and father weren't really sports fans in that regard until they got to L.A. and they adopted the Dodgers and the Lakers okay. and so forth. But weren't you, aren't your parents uh, uh, teachers or professors? Uh, teachers on the high school level. Oh, Christ, man. You had no break, huh? None. So they None. taught at your high school? When I was in elementary school, my father taught there. When I was in uh, middle school, Calimere Middle School in Torrance, my father taught there. When I was in high school, my mother taught there. Oh, my God. Oh, it sucked. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have made it. Because they didn't have to. You couldn't hide your grades. They just walked down the corridor oh. and asked your teacher at any time. Oh, there was no the, way to hide. The worst. I it remember worst. I got in trouble for, uh, I threw an acorn at a kid. I, I didn't mean to hit him. I was, you know, we were, we were just throwing acorns around, and this kid got hit in the head, almost, actually almost in the eye. And I remember I got sent to the principal's office, and I said, ah, you know, I said, look, if, if I meant to hurt the kid, I was going to throw a rocket. And I was, we were just tossing acorns around. And she said, your punishment is you got to fill up one of these grocery bags with acorns. So I went out to the, the, the play yard by myself while everybody is, you know, in eating lunch or whatever, and I'm filling up this grocery bag, like a Vons bag, Filled with acorns, and my mother stops by, and she sees me on the uh, play yard, and she whistles over and, and says, "Come here." She goes, "What are you doing out here? Why is everybody in class and you're out here?" And I said, "Well," and and for in that split second, I think I saved my life. I said, "Ma, I I I was I'm getting really good grades in Mrs. Palmer's class, and so she chose me to go out to the schoolyard." to fill up this bag of acorns because we're all doing an art project later this afternoon. And she's like, oh, that's great. That's a way to go, kid. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Uh, You were quick on your feet. Oh, man, did I discover a real quick lie can save you a lot of headaches, man. Yeah, 
that didn't work in my house. Not when it came to school and grades and obviously I couldn't ditch. There was just no way, <laughs> you know, but I, I was a kid though. I was such a smart ass. True story. I would get an A grade and a U in citizenship. Really? Yeah. Something about me smarting off the teacher. Or something. Oh, that's I remember, awesome. Man. I, remember I was in honors English, 10th grade, uh, Mrs. Ford, may she rest in peace. I, I wrote on my, on my paper, so-called honors English. <laughs> so-called <laughs> didn't go over real well with either my mother or her why did you write it there because you didn't think it was challenging enough i didn't think it was challenging enough and i thought the the teacher mrs ford was just a pain in the ass honestly you know what's really weird i i, I have i I'm, I'm not in the group i think i consider you to be um but i have some really smart uh friends of mine and by the time we got to sixth or seventh grade I think that my a couple of my very good friends were smarter than all the teachers they were going to have for the rest of their of their life in in public school. I think for me, I was coming from a different vantage point because people you have to think about the time you're talking about the early 1970s and the early 80s. I was probably the only black kid in the class 99 percent of the time. Mm -hmm. And there was always this supposition that either I didn't belong or I was bust there or I couldn't keep up or couldn't compete. And so some teachers and I felt Ms. Ford was one of them didn't think that I deserved <laughs> to be there. I see. I see. And, and so I let it be known. I don't think you <laughs> deserve to be here. <laughs> That is so real great, well. man. That is such a, that is so smart and and so funny to do at that age, though. You know, to realize that uh, the way you've been treated uh, is uh, should be the way she's treated. And uh, I was, that's I was great. just being an ass. Yeah, I'm not going to make it more than that. But yeah. but but look, it did pay off for you. I mean, look, it was 12 years of hell. But uh, having mom or dad in the school, oh, yeah. uh, you know, but it paid off for you. Uh, great work ethic and and uh, and and a very smart dude. You know, without that, you may have been, uh, you know, dope like me. And we ended up in the same place. How about that? Isn't that wild? Yeah. Different, uh, different rounds, but the uh, same joint. Um, <laughs> growing up, though, I know your dad was a big racetrack fan. Was he a Santa Anita guy or a Hollywood Park guy? Oh, he was both. <laughs> if one was open, he was there. That's right. Not but, too much Los Alamitos, but Santa Anita definitely in, in Hollywood Park. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I don't think my dad had ever once been to Los Al. Not once in his life. Yeah. But man, did he love Hollywood Park and he loved, uh, you know, he loved Santa Anita. And he had a great line when somebody always asked him, and they asked him, you know, 20, 30 times a year, how often you go to the races. And his line always was, uh, only when they're running. You know, it's the only time I'm out there. But uh, my dad also liked the uh, the sulkies, the trotters at night. Did your dad hit the night? Uh, no. Really? It was rare. It was rare. And that's one thing I do give him credit for. He always came home. He did not stay out late. He did not go anywhere usually um, during the week or anything like that. He, he, he was very present in that regard. Good for him, man. I love the the uh, you know the yin yang and your dad a, a teacher and also quitting his job to uh, be a full time handicapper. I know that's True story. wild, man. True that story. is great, buddy. Have a merry Christmas, uh, happy holidays, you and the uh, uh, wife and the kids, and uh, we'll uh, catch you next year. Merry Christmas, my friend. You too, bub. All right, take care. All right, there he goes, Mo Kelly. Listen to him every single weekend here on KFI AM six forty. All right, women are doing something that they haven't done in well maybe forever, maybe decades, maybe forever. They're buying guns in huge numbers. Big, 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 big numbers. I mean, unbelievable. 
Uh, I think they're buying a, a gun every uh, eight seconds. Got a good stance? In the heart of Alabama, gun country, Gracie Barhill squeezed off round after round, warming to her month-old Smith & Wesson 9mm. There are things that you don't account for when you see it in John Wick movies. I'm young. I'm a girl. Um, I never know when a threat's going to come. I mean, that's probably my favorite one. Well, of course. <laughs> this 19-year-old's here for girls, guns, and gear. Wow, what a night, huh? The three Gs, baby. Yeah. Uh, for girls, guns, and gear. On Scott Recchio's gun range, it's a self-defense firearms course, targeting women wary of threats. It's absolutely undeniable. The world is changing, and they want to be ahead of it. Forget gun shy. Nationally last year, one in three first-time gun buyers was a woman. All right, go ahead. Like Emma Boutwell. I was definitely very nervous whenever I first shot. What's her name? Like Emma Boutwell. Emma Boutwell? Oh, Anna Boutwell. Oh, I bet their parents had a sense of humor. Her last name is Boutwell. Uh, first name, Anna. Anna Boutwell. Anna Boutwell. Like Emma Boutwell. I was definitely very nervous whenever I first shot. But I need to know how to defend myself. <laughs> Let's do two rounds this time. Everybody. Gun instructor Beverly Allridge teaches these women marksmanship, gun safety, situational awareness. It's one more tool in a toolbox. How is instructing women different than instructing men? Women listen better than men do. What the hell? The hell out of here. Women listen better than men do. Mm, that's very sexist to say. I'm sorry, what was that little 20, statement there? 2022. Women listen better than men do. Really? All Jesus. right. All right. Well, you want to do, want to do, uh, want to go back and forth? Women are just quicker just to hear and take in what they're being told. How dare wow. you in wow. 2022 wow. strap us with those old, you know, washed up uh, and, uh, observations of us. When, women, women don't get distracted. Uh, Candy Crush would tend to disagree. <laughs> and applying that. Nikita Gordon comes armed with another trend. Among black women, the firearm homicide rate has more than tripled since 2010. Today, nearly 30% of new women gun owners are black. Because there's so many random attacks on women, I have more confidence now that I'm carrying, and now I don't have to second guess what am I going to do. So this is actually a holster system. She showed us cute and cocky. Man, we are loaded to, for bear in this country. There, there's a, I think the, in the last count, there are 360 or 370 million guns in this country. And there's only 330 million people. There are more guns in this country than there are people. Her line of women's clothes and holsters designed to hide a gun fashionably and show self-confidence. The bullseye of most women gun owners. To not only feel safer, but to empower ourselves, to be able to move freely in the world without immediate threats. I think it's a great idea. You know, if if criminals now know that that women are packing, I think that they may uh, they may lay off them. Uh, maybe I got hope, right? Immediate threats. Many will never leave home without it. Alabama has America's highest rate of concealed weapons. Wow, is that right? It, it's become like the new American Express. Many will never leave home without it. That was the American Express uh, uh, slogan: "Never leave home without it." Alabama has America's highest rate of concealed weapons.
For Eye on America, Mark Strassman, Calera, Alabama. Wow, all right, good for women, right? They're uh, getting out there, packing heat, and evidently, very good students. Women listen better than men do. Mm. <laughs> Comes with a rim shot. Uh, Wait, you didn't put that in? <laughs> Women listen better than men do. Yeah. Where's the rim shot there? <laughs> That's great. I don't know how many times I've said, we had this conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I wasn't listening. Hey, you're not helping. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. All right. Uh, Dave Chappelle's attacker has been sentenced. The guy ran on stage at the Hollywood Bowl. So I know what happened to this dude. The man who attacked comedian Dave Chappelle on stage at the Hollywood Bowl will end the year behind bars. Uh-oh. Isaiah Lee will spend 270 days in the county jail after pleading no contest to two misdemeanor counts. The defense wanted the judge to sentence him to a diversion program that could have led to the charges being dismissed, but the judge rejected that. Lee is already behind bars for stabbing a roommate at a transitional housing facility just last year. Oh, God. All right. So his who the DA or his attorney? I'm not clear on who wanted the charges dropped. Isaiah Lee will spend 270 days in the county jail after pleading no contest to two misdemeanor counts. The defense wanted the judge to sentence him to a diversion program. Okay. His defense team wanted it, uh, you know, thrown out, uh, diversion, uh, ahoy, and they said, no, no, no. You've already stabbed a chick. You're going to jail for 270 days. So uh, he'll be cool in his heel heels there for 270 days. Probably out for good behavior, maybe after 130. So we're talking about three, four months, maybe. I don't know. He'll be out just in time for uh, spring break. Yeah, I got that and uh, enjoy himself again. All right, very good. All right, we're live on KFI AM 640. There's a Whitney Houston biopic. A brand new Whitney Houston biopic is coming out in January. That's got to be good, right? Maybe hard to realize, but it's been a decade I since know. we lost the iconic really talent is. of Whitney Houston. Now a new screen. A big screen biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, celebrates her life. The executive producer of the film is the legendary music producer, Clive Davis. Wow. He discovered Houston when she was just a teenager. And I got a chance to speak to him, and it was awesome because he's launched and had the hand in uh, bringing to light so many incredible artists. But I asked him specifically why it was so important for him to tell Whitney's story the right way. You know, that's one of the big deaths for me where I remember where I was when I heard that. I was driving on Magnolia in Burbank, crossing eastbound over the five freeway when I heard on KFI that Whitney Houston had died. You heard me bring it up, huh? Yes, it, it must have been you. Yeah. You know, um, because it, it, you broke it on the station, right? Yes, sir. Were you working um, middays or afternoon? Afternoons, like six to midnight. Wow, that's when it was, man. Oh, yeah. man. That's so crazy, you know? Um, yeah, because if I remember, wasn't it? Um, it had to have been like a Saturday or she, Yeah, or because Sunday. she was scheduled to go to Clive's uh, party that he apparently always has. Yes. Right the day before the Grammys, I think it was. Yeah, you're right. Or yeah. American Music Awards. One of those things, were, uh, one award show on Sunday that was taking place and it was the day before. Right, and that's what she was getting ready for in the, in the hotel. Something like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to go to that party. Wow, that's wild, man. Felt strongly telling Whitney's story in this way because the two previous films about Whitney, one was an alleged documentary, the other was a sensationalistic TV broadcast. They did not capture Whitney at all. She was not only commercially successful, 
she was a creative revelation. If you've not thought of her in the last year or two or three or four or more, you will remember and feel this voice was one of a kind. You know, when I asked Mr. Davis about the fact that he introduced the world to not just Whitney Houston, but Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan and Aretha Franklin, um, Simon and Garfunkel, all these incredible artists, um, how he would place Whitney in the pantheon of those great artists. One of the things that he was very clear about. You know, by the way, I just looked this up, Crozier, uh, on my phone. It was it, she died on February 11th. Yeah. Of 2012. Okay. And you're right. That was a Saturday. So I heard it from you. Yeah. <clears throat> because, uh, you know, those shows that are on Saturday would not, wouldn't have brought that up. You had to have brought it up. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, and, and, and I, and I don't know if those shows were, were here live or, or not, but um, man, I heard it right here. Right, I, I was on the, on Magnolia going eastbound right over the five free when it must've been you that told me. That's wild, man. Yeah. I can't remember the time that it took place. I was trying to remember if it was like early in the, late in the afternoon, early in the evening, like right before Clive's party, or maybe she had gone to the party, but I want to say she was expected at the party and wasn't there. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I, I, um, it, I can't find many details about it. Let me get back to the, the story here, and I'm going to look up some more details on this, because that is One of the things that he was very clear about was her public battles. She had an incredible voice. She was an incredible performer. But he was also, you know, um, having, he, for example, uh, was responsible for discovering Janis Joplin. And Janis Joplin mm. died of a drug overdose, or died as a, as a result of drugs. And he wanted the world to understand her very uh, difficult struggle with drugs. Here's what he told me about it when he confronted Whitney Houston in, uh, in before she passed away about her drug abuse. Me, I couldn't exist with myself if I did not have a candid conversation as to uh, what, in effect, was happening to her and telling her how no one beats drugs, how nobody, and I make reference to Judy Garland and others, you, you know, it's a battle you will not win. Mm, that's wild, man. So it was apparently uh, she she wasn't at his pre-Grammy party, Clive Davis's. Yeah, she. I think she missed that party. She was expected to be there, but apparently she had died earlier in the afternoon, like 3.30 is when they discovered her in the afternoon. Right, at the, I think at the Beverly Hilton, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. Or yeah. Beverly Hills Hotel. I think it was Beverly, Beverly Hilton. Yeah, Beverly Hilton, yeah. It was. Um, so and and they they went ahead with that party that night the Clive Davis's pre Grammy party but it kind of turned into a little bit of tribute and obviously the Grammys were the next day. Yeah, and I remember the Grammys. I mean, nobody there wasn't a, a single celebration that night of anything. Everyone right. just sort of got up and got their award and and split. Yeah, and there was a big thing about that because Sharon Osbourne apparently came out afterward and said she thought it was disgraceful that the party went on. I was like, I don't know that you could really call it a party at that point. Yeah. Oh, what, what you mean the the pre-party or, yeah. or yeah. Yeah, she was she was she said it was disgusting the party went on. She didn't want to be in a hotel room when there's someone you admire who tragically lost their life four floors up. So it was in the same building too. Oh, wow, yeah. But but I think that that people needed to get together there and 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 be with each other. Right. You know, it's a very tight-knit group. Yeah. And if everyone stayed in in their, you know, a, a house or or hotel room. And that's kind of where she was coming. She her sort of Go, her her way to deal with it was, she said, 
privately, not to, you know, congregate with other people, apparently. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see, right. Yeah, well, that was a uh, the big deal. Anyway, that um, the new biopic uh, will be coming out. That's got to be interesting because the, the people that are doing this one, as opposed to the other one, are people really, really knew her very well. Always interesting when they have those little biopics of who puts them out and so what perspective are you getting? Right, you yeah, know? exactly, right. And this one uh, should be uh, interesting. And and plus, you know, there's enough years have gone by that, you know, you can put certain things in the biopic and 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 sort of get away with it and, and uh, you know, tell some real stories. And in the 10 years that it's happened, uh, I'm sure that a lot of people who had stories about Whitney Houston weren't willing to share them immediately, maybe open to sharing them now because so much time has gone by. So right. that would be an uh, interesting one. Um, all right, uh, we have time for this. Uh, we haven't done a little time for this. What the hell? Brittany Griner is back, and she says she is going to play in the WNBA with her team next year. Former Russian prisoner Brittany Griner headed home to Arizona today after spending about a week at a military base in Texas. The basketball star says she plans to spend the holidays with her family, and she made a big announcement about her future, saying she wants to make one thing clear. She plans to play for her WNBA team this spring. Wow. We get details now from CBS's Ouija Jang. Let's go. A long embrace after a harrowing separation. Brittany Griner shared the picture of herself with wife Sherelle on social media and thanked everyone who advocated for her return to the U.S., writing the last 10 months have been a battle at every turn. I dug deep to keep my faith. We couldn't be happier that she's home. Vince Kozar is the president of Griner's basketball team, the Phoenix Mercury. Today, Kozar saw her for the first time since she got back. It was just a big BG bear hug. I mean, she has a seven foot wingspan. Um, so it was just a big BG bear hug. And, um, you know, it was emotional. Uh, I, what is that term? I don't understand that What's term. That? A BG bear hug? No, I don't know about that one. What is a BG bear hug? I don't know. You know Brittany what it is? Griner. Oh, B. Oh, I Brittany Griner. Uh, I, I should be able to figure that out, huh? It was just a big BG bear hug. I mean, she has a seven foot wingspan, um, so it was just a big BG bear hug, Oof. and um, you know, it was emotional. Griner thanked President Biden for bringing her home and vowed to use her platform to help other detained Americans, including Paul Whelan, the Marine veteran who has been held in Russia since 2018. Every family deserves to be whole, Griner said. The six-time WNBA All-Star revealed she plans to play for the Mercury when the season kicks off in the spring. That, every game is going to sell out that she <laughs> plays in. 100%. Freedom was taken from her, her family and, her, and friends were taken from her, but basketball was also taken from her. It is a huge part of her life. It is one of her uh, loves. It's how she impacts the world. And so to get it back um, like she will uh, when we play at home for the first time in May, I think is going to be a pretty incredible experience. Yeah, got to get your tickets early for that one. Man, seven-foot long wingspan, man, giving you a hug, that's wrapping you around you twice. Yeah, I mean, that's her. She can touch the floor and put her hand a, a, a foot above my head. Oh, my God. That's wild. Kozar said that when he spent time with Griner today in Phoenix, she was in remarkable spirits. He acknowledged that she would have a long road ahead to get back on the court after nearly a year off, but said he was confident she would make it. Nancy? And her fans must be very excited. Ouija, thank you. There you go.
All right. Again, one of those innocuous statements that you have to say at the end, and her fans were must be very excited. I know. It's like uh, it, she wasn't even listening to this story. And her yeah. fans must be very excited. Yeah. Ouija, thank you. Yeah, you got it. All right. Thanks for listening to this story. Appreciate that. All right, very good. Power Hour is next on KFI AM 640. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.